Ho ho everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your Holly Jolly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. Ho ho ho, it's Adam. I already did ho ho ho, you gotta do something different. Oh, don't steal uh, my thunder. Uh, uh, um, deck the halls, I'm Adam. And no. I'm Zach. Thank you, Adam, <laughs> for not stepping on my Christmas cheer. Not being a Grinch in these trying times. Uh, Would never. You would never be a Grinch. I would like to avoid thinking about the Grinch as much as possible. And yet I continue to every waking moment of my life. Just how unhealthy is it for your heart to grow three sizes in a single day? I don't get it. I don't, I try to think about the Grinch as little as possible. Uh, and, and just so that I don't step on your toes, I, we invited some extra Christmas elves to help us this week so that uh, they can step on your toes too. Mm-hmm. We're from the island of misfit toys. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us for consecutively the thir- fourth and third Christmases in a row, it is Christy and Chris Edelman. Folks, how are you this evening? I didn't know that New Jersey was suddenly called the island of misfit toys. <laughs> I think it's appropriate. <laughs> New Jersey's not an island, though, right? Like, it has well, islands, but in general... In, no, but um, lots of people like to wear the Misfits shirts, so... You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very punk rock state. Everyone, yes. everyone thinks of Jersey as punk rock. All of your famous Jersey musicians, really, they have punk rock aesthetic. Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. the other ones... The other ones, George R. R. Martin. I have George R. R. Martin from past New Jersey. The John bon he is originally Jovi. from New Jersey. He does Rest not live up. there now. Uh, I know this, for example, uh, because oh, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Uh, I know this because uh, George R. They they love to put in the um, the DMVs here, like pictures and quotes of famous New Jerseyans, and one of them was George R. R. Martin. What did he like, say? Did he say like? I must find the Elden Ring. I have no, I can't even remember. I was just like, what's George R. R. Martin doing here? He said, you think your wait at the DMV is long. Wait till the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. In in X-Men writer George R. R. Martin's defense, mm. if I had all of that money, I too would not write a book. Yeah, duh. <laughs> like he just he owns like a little like um little like indie theater that he just shows whatever movies he wants at it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the life. Like, why would you do anything that's else? Great. That's <laughs> great. George R.R. R. Martin, uh, the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips character, Ethan Reckless, because <laughs> that sounds great. That's a, that's a joke for people who have read comics in the last six months, Chris. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So since the last time we hiatus. had you on, um, Chris's on infinite earths has ended and uh, from what we hear, you you have not been reading comics or podcasting about comics. So how's it feel to be back? Yeah, to be free, really. <laughs> <laughs> reading a lot of novels. I read like oh. 
I, I read probably like 20 to 30 books this summer. Wow. I would read War like and two Peace or Book three Club update. Chris is also part of the War and Peace Book Club. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And I, I am up to date. I've been reading a lot of Marvel Snap cards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so christy will wake up and before i am awake she's already played like three games of marvel snap nice Uh uh-huh and then i let chris know like oh i'm up to 35 i am at level 30 35 wow that's good yes yeah friends list can't come soon enough also i'm 44 right now so you know humble brag i drop yeah whatever mister i can work from home (laughs) (laughs) listen okay fair fair (laughs) If I need like five minutes, I'm like, well, okay, well, Kazar goes over here and Lockjaw goes over here, and then we throw Swarm in there and see what happens. Yeah, but Zach, you have to make sure you remember the Washington Post's advice no more than two games while you're on the toilet, okay? Because <laughs> then you get hemorrhoids. Otherwise, your legs start to fall asleep. No, they apparently talk about it. It's more likely for you to get hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what an article. Hey, this is a Christmas episode. Uh, <laughs> and we're enjoying each other's company. Yeah, it's beginning to look a Christmas lot like Chris's. Uh, so um, we picked these stories, right, Zach? Nobody uh, nobody requested You say we. Stuff? I picked these stories because I thought about two of the funny ones in my head when sometimes I'm just like, oh, this would be a fun joke for me. Uh, and then we found a third one. It turns out after six years of doing X-Men Christmas episodes, we are Folks, we're running towards the bottom of the barrel. We are not out of them, but we're close. Yeah. So what you're saying is that these are the most, you know, aged and have the most mature flavor. (laughs) Yes, like a bottle of wine. (laughs) One of these does have X-Men in the title. And frankly, uh, I was kind of amazed that you were still able to find one. (laughs) I had actually forgotten about the one that has X-Men in the title. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a Christmas story. Good for me. Yay. <laughs> it is literally uh, an issue of Uncanny X-Men that has Christmas. Yeah. And not one of the ones you've already thought about. Because, <laughs> folks, there's several. We've covered, I think, five or six on this podcast. It's not one of those. Nope. They haven't yeah. done one since the, the Merry Xmas special, have they? Like, that's been... They no. haven't. Uh, well, you say that, but currently, Dark Web colon X-Men is a Christmas story. Oh, that's good. Oh, I honestly okay. think that they are they are missing out with uh, not doing a, a Krakoan Christmas anthology. Absolutely. I mean, think about the tree trimmings. Mm-hmm. Uh, think uh, about decking those halls. Yeah. Also, think like, about next year's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it for do it for us. Uh, so I don't want to I don't want to spoil Dark Web X Men because I've already written that down as next year because again barrels are barrels are running thin, folks. <laughs> We've, we've only got a bit going on this. Uh, and to tell you how deep we are digging into this. Um, hey, Adam, do you hear that? I, I, I'm i waiting for it. I'm do, waiting do, for do it. You hear? Beep, 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 beep. It's an X-Man update, folks. We haven't even gone to X-Man, but instead have gone to Amazing Spider-Man number 420. It was the night before X-Men. Great title. No notes on that. This is a comic written by Tom DeFalco uh, with pencils by Steve Skrokey. Uh, Bud LaRosa says on those inks, Bob Sharon on those colors. And you know, you know it's Richard Starking in Comicraft. Yeah. 
I'm really glad that we have uh, the Chris's here because they can explain the Uno and Black tar- Tarantula to me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I was I'm like, kidding. oh, um, I <laughs> Wait, think there's Black Tarantula. Black Tarantula kind of rules in uh, the Ed Brubaker Daredevil. That's all I know about Black Tarantula. Well, so that, that must be like the attempt here to continue the through line of Amazing Spider-Man stories while also doing a Christmas interlude. That, that's got to be it, right? Yes. It, yes. it has to. Uh, El Uno only has two appearances. So this is uh, Dose for El Uno, and it's and his last gone. one. Yeah, well, it, is, not, it is. Yeah. It is. It uh, is. His his final appearance as <laughs> there's, some, there's some gang war going on with the Rose. I don't care. Do you guys care about the Rose? No, that's Hon- not what honestly that part of the story. story not not as interesting to me as the X Man part, and even the X Man part wasn't that interesting. So period. Uh, uh, well, that's, that's the story All-Star of X Man. Uh, All star uh, comic craft lettering always good. Always always good. <laughs> I do want to start with the cover on this, which sometimes what you see is not what you get in a comic. Because on the cover, you have Nate Gray smirking at the camera as he explodes Spider-Man's clothes off. Mm-hmm. With his cost- <laughs> with, with Spidey costume underneath. Yes, but he's, he's, he's exploding his clothes off. Exactly what happens in the middle of this comic, too. Yes. They were, they were right on on this. Uh, um, don't tell Nate Gray your secrets. So... Folks, for uh, for a quick recap on this issue that I'm sure we have all read uh, multiple <laughs> times, Spider-Man is trying to get pictures for the Daily Bugle uh, of this new street preacher who's hanging out in Central Park, uh, and wouldn't you know it, he runs into X-Man in the middle of his Messiah Complex era. Go back to four years ago when we covered that story with me and Chris Hassan, Uh that was, oh my gosh, that was four years ago. Time not working in my favor anymore. But yeah, Nate's being a street preacher and he sees Spider-Man and then he's like, oh, I know who you, you're not Peter Parker, you're Spider-Man. We should be best friends. It's a real Beyonder type situation, you know, like Spidey kind of has yeah. to teach Nate Gray how to, you know, be cool and like chill out and not like tell everybody that he's Spider-Man or, or, you know, not. And he takes his clothes deep. off and their faces get real close and they don't kiss. <laughs> uh, it's true. There's such opportunity here for, for tension. <laughs> I think it is bananas that canonically one of the years of Spider-Man's life, he has spent Christmas with Nate Gray. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Cause what, what happens is Nate knows that Spider-Man's going through a lot uh, for, Folks who are not up to date on Spider-Man canon, this is pretty soon after the end of the Clone Saga, where uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane's baby gets kidnapped hmm. to never be seen again. Wow. Um, literally just, it hasn't come up, uh, which is fine. Uh, is it fine? Is I don't it? think so. In... I think for Spider-Man to be an ongoing concern, as much as I love sad dad comics, I can understand them being like, let's not have a baby. What they should have done is not put a baby in Spider-Man's life to begin with and not had Spider-Man now have a missing child for 30 years. (laughs) It really is amazing the lengths that uh, Marvel will go to to keep Spider-Man familyless. 
you know, just don't give them the baby in the first place. That's, that's all <laughs> you have just, to do. They just need the baby to age up, get powers, become a fully formed adult, and then. Yeah, that's then fine. That's fine. Yeah. Chrissy, baby. I've got fantastic news for you about a hundred <laughs> issues of Spider Girl. <laughs> because Mayday Parker had a long running series with Tom DeFalco for some unknown reason. People like Mayday. People, yeah, that that was that comic was still ongoing when I started reading comics in 08, and it was like the only, the only what is it of the, the M- MC two or whatever they oh, call yes. that comic still going by like a large but, margin. Yeah, the MC two, which had Wild Thing J two, and that was about it. Spider Girl and Spider Girl the best. Now they do. I, I don't want us to overlook the fact that there is a baby in this issue although it is the most disturbing adult baby oh it it looks like a it looks like um like an old like an old man and i don't mean that in the way that babies look like old man it literally (laughs) just looks like a cartoonish old man (laughs) who is a baby in a tiny ball cap i do the the you know when 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 comic artists are like people don't talk enough about comic art i do want them to know that i do talk about how much they cannot draw babies <laughs> and it's like it's like 90 percent of them cannot draw babies it, it's it's like when it happens the right way i'm like oh look at this so what a great draw baby. baby look yeah. at this good little baby look at this um, little guy june, with chubby cheeks who could draw babies june brigman always always good for a baby drawing you know i'm trying to remember i just read a comic last week that had a great baby drawing was it John, uh, Johnny Boggs? Johnny Boggs get a drawing. It wasn't baby. Johnny Boggs. And okay. They weren't babies. They were just children. But the new Moon Girl uh, in Devil Dinosaur miniseries. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, nice job. had fantastic babies. Yeah. For children. Lot, a lot of times they just cannot do it. Feels like they aged them down a little bit. But anyway, we're getting we're getting away. We're from getting that. the weeds. Sorry. So <laughs> it, it, even uh, though Nate is poking around in uh, Spidey's noggin, um, he does also allow Spider-Man to see the Age of Apocalypse, which is kind of wild. <laughs> he's just like Spider-Man hey, man. talks about how bad of a life he's having, and Nate's like, "Yo, check this." And then Spider-Man's like, Okay. Ooh, okay. Right. Is worse. Fine. You now we're both unhappy. Thank Bonding you. over shared trauma is like I I think it's first base in friendship, right? That's like where you start. Yeah, and then of course the the <laughs> next step is to invade your friend's dreams with visions of their dead loved ones. Uh, and you his know, aunt isn't them- dead. No, but <laughs> Peter Parker, Aunt May died in Spider Man Four Hundred. Well, then who did, who are they having? Okay, they wait. Having Christmas dinner with? Uh, they're what they're having Christmas dinner with Anna Watson. Uh, oh, gotcha, 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 oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. But also, Chris, as as I know you know, and I'm not a hundred percent sure Christy knows, that wasn't Aunt May. No. That was an actress Norman Osborn hired in her greatest role. But then also, it wasn't <laughs> Norman Osborn who hired it. It was a computer ghost of Harry Osborn. Spider-Man I'm trying to really remember confusing. the end of Spencer's Spider-Man. Oh man, it made every it made everything worse in terms of like complicating continuity. Except for since past, which it kind of made of my better. eye roll. <laughs> yeah, maybe put a sound effect in, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just I'm never gonna get over the fact that they said yes, it was an actress in her greatest role, and that was all the explanation you need. As if any actress would be like, yes, I do want to die just for the craft here 
Oh man. Look, method acting sometimes gets very extreme. It, this it is does. pretty much how I expect all of my relationships to go at some point. <laughs> yes, it was an actor all along, and now you watch them die. <laughs> well, Christy, I got some really upsetting news for you then. <laughs> oh no, Zach! <laughs> what kind of show is this? <laughs> it's a long con because we've done 280 episodes of it. <laughs> So Peter Parker seems very pleased by his um, vision of Aunt May, even though Aunt May is very clearly not Aunt May. And uh, Nate Gray says, Merry Christmas. And off we go. So I listen, this is not a good issue of comics. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> so we should probably try and rank this on our big old list. Zach, what do you think? I think we should. Hey, Chris, Christy, did you know about our big old list? I did, although I'm sure it's grown the last time we were here. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing you better is, check it twice. You better check it twice. <laughs> Stole my joke. Stole my joke. <laughs> right out from under me. Right out from under me, Christy. <laughs> we have made this list. We are checking it more than one time. We have <laughs> 720 X Men stories on this list from best to worst of all the oh X Men stories of all time. I didn't even know so there were that many. I swear, last time it was 400. But no. Probably but not. we're we're on the road to 800 now. Oh it's, my uh, god! <laughs> it's just it's a nonstop train. Yeah. Uh, to me and Adam's eventual early graves, and that's fine. <laughs> it's where we're at. It, this is our greatest role, so we're able to do that. Um, oh, the best the best X Men story of all time is House of X: Powers of Ten, a book that I got a nice printed version of, not the actual comic. But my friend Chris and Rob's writings on that comic sent to me in the mail the other day, uh, which was oh for real. I have I have it on my shelf. So oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a a great friend of ours uh, who I don't know if they want to be named, so I'm not going to. But they did send me a hardbound copy of Hoxpox Talks, the annotate annotating the foundations of modern X Men by Chris Edelman and Robert Secundus, with editing by Zachary Jenkins. I need a um, copy of this. Well, when when we have it publicly available at some point <laughs> in the nebulous future, maybe sort someday, I will make sure you get one, Adam. I keep Ro- saying Rob and I want to write uh, a retrospective, but we just haven't done it yet. There you go, a little afterwards. Chris, I do think the theme of this year is all of us being like, "Yeah, we'll write about comics someday. We'll do we'll do that comics thing again sometime." Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's all good. Number one hundred is Giant Size X Men. Number one. Uh, number 200 on this list is the Generation X Underground Special. Number 300 on this list is Gambit Volume 1. Number 400 on this list is X-Men 17 through 19, Skinning of Souls, which isn't a Christmas story but does involve snow, so next year we might count it. Uh, number 500 on this list is X-Men 30, Operation Zero Tolerance. Is number this 600 on this list. Oh, okay. it's, it's close. Uh, number 600 on this list is Star Trek X-Men. Uh and number 700 on this list is what is 700? Oh, it's Deadpool versus X-Force, uh a bad comic Oof. with fantastic Pepe Larraz art. Yeah. Uh 720's the Draco. All right, so <laughs> I, nothing has unseated the Draco. Nope. It's so bad. No. Chris, did you like were you the one who suggested the Draco? Yeah, yes. I was I was the Draco guy. Bless you. You were the Draco guy back yeah. in the before times. Love back it. in the before times. I even read it um before suggesting it because I didn't want to be a jerk. Because I was like, <laughs> I've heard it's bad, but is it bad? And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is pretty bad. 
it's beautiful to see how this has blossomed from there. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Listen, Draco, Draco's still at the bottom. It's going to stay that way for a while. It's not going uh, anywhere. Is this better or worse than X-Man 30, the Operation Zero Tolerance issue? I think it's worse. I actually think once I started looking down the list, I think we're in the 600s here. Because I don't think this is as good as Volume 1 of Iceman at 603. That's probably true. Yeah. Nah, that, that's uh, I, I've read Iceman or volume one and this is this is definitely worse than that yeah it's probably not as bad as 614 uh even though it has that great bill sinkevich art but that arc of new mutants 29 to 34 gladiators and karma oh with a with the incredibly racist and fat phobic stuff just like yeah that you can't avoid in it yeah yeah but Um, hold on at 618 is the warren ellis x-man 67 to 70 infinities of evil Okay, this is not as good as that, though. Yeah, so we just keep working our ways down. I don't know if this is as bad as the Romulus arc of Wolverine Origins at 622, Ooh, though. That's pretty bad. This is worse than that? Uh, no, I, I I think Romulus is pretty bad. Like this Romulus, right. Romulus is pretty bad, though I have to defend this specific arc. This is just an arc named Romulus. It is not all of the worst Romulus stuff. Yeah, he just appears at the there end. Is, there is worse Romulus yet to come. Mm. We haven't gotten that. Uh, this isn't what? as this isn't as bad as Spider-Man Storm Power Man Smokescreen at six twenty-four. All right, so it's it's better than these. Is that what you're saying? No, it's under Smokescreen, guys. I'm really glad that we have you on because now all we're talking about is the most obscure X-Men comics that I know you haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, is this better or worse than Captain Marvel two and three? Note this is the Genesis Vell Captain Marvel, where by the second issue, Fabian Nicieza was like, actually, I'm just going to tell my secret origin of Adam X, the extreme here. All right. I found out where this should go because it's better than that. I think yes. it's also better than X-Men Hidden Year six and seven, but I don't think it's as good as that Incredible Hulk issue where the Beast, uh, you know, and, and the Incredible Hulk fight and there's that parade. Oh, the Halloween Town Parade. Yeah. So this should be our new 633. What do you think? Does anyone have objections or strong feelings about X-Men, the hidden year six and seven? A John uh, Byrne comic where they retcon. I, I don't, uh, I don't like John, John Byrne when he is allowed to do anything he wants. Great. Well, great news for our next story. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man 420 uh, is at the 633rd spot on the list. And folks, I want to give it up to us. We showed so much self-restraint. By not talking about how that was the weed number of Spider-Man for the it entire is absolutely time. Absolutely, the we it, nobody blazed it in this whole comic. Like, <laughs> imagine if Ghost Rider had had showed up and they said like Johnny blazed it uh, or Johnny blazed that, it. Uh. Let's redo Spider-Man 420 and have Ghost <laughs> Rider show up. That would be that would be fantastic. I do think that Nate Gray would be a terrible person to blaze it with. I feel like he would be the worst. Spider-Man would be paranoid the whole time. Uh, but yeah. Nate Gray would be annoying. <laughs> Nate Gray would be the worst. The absolute worst. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so next on our list to talk about is a comic that could not be more from 2005 than if it tried. If it tried. Uh, folks, you know about the X-Men, right? I've heard of them. You know about X Force. Yep. I do know about X Force. The Force. You know about the Uncanny Avengers, which are that team of X Men and Avengers. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did read both of those Mm -hmm. volumes. 
Well, well, there's three of them, Chris. You're forgetting the secret middle volume <laughs> where they retconned Scarlet Witch and Pietro Maximov's whole origin. In no, what's the- funny is I remembered that one. I forgot the annual <laughs> different one. That's, good. that's my bad. You forgot the. Oh, that's good. That's good. I forgot. I forgot uh, the one where where Spider Man's on the team. Yeah. Well, no, Spider Man does quit the team. Immediately. immediately in that immediately. one he's, that's right he is he literally just on the, just cover. On the cover to sell the first issue which incredible. is incredible it's great Love if that you art. want to know about the creative times that marvel was having in 2015 2016 it was then you know uncanny and x-force and factor and gen x and new mutants and other ones i'm not there's so many ranges but do you recall the most famous x team of all it's the great lakes x-men i'm sorry that bit <laughs> should have been rehearsed beforehand I thought of it on the fly. We're talking about the Great Lakes X, the GL Xmas Special, Volume One, Number One. All right, written uh, by Dan. Hold Slott. on, hold on, uh, Zach. Gonna call yeah. an audible here. Uh, <laughs> this is not an X Men story. This has that's no X Men in it. it. Has no. That's no X Men. It uh, has the Great Lakes X Men. Doorman <laughs> yeah. and Big Bertha and Flatman and Squirrel Girl. Don't you mean the Great Lakes Avengers? Okay, well, hmm. The problem is at the end of Great GLA, which was a GSA riff, uh, they realized that they were all mutants, except for Squirrel Girl was lying about it because the doctor did tell her that she's not a mutant. She is legally distinct from a mutant, but very similar to one. And she just kept telling people that she was a mutant to be cool. Uh, Uh, Legally distinct. Yeah, legally distinct. Legally distinct. distinct. (laughs) And this can never change forever and ever. You know what I said about uh, 2016 Marvel being bad? Squirrel Girl is the exception because that book ripped. That, that book did rip. That was like one of the best on the all difference. Okay. I was so excited to read this because I finally got to read Squirrel Girl beating Thanos. This is it, the comic the where Squirrel Girl does canonically beat Thanos, not a simulacrum or anything. It a was clone really or an alternate universe. Yeah. The real Thanos. So that's the that is the most interesting thing about this comic. Uh, that is by Dan Slott with a bunch of artists: George Gentry, Ty Templeton, Paul Grist, uh, Mike Kozel, and uh, who else? Matt Haley. The most interesting thing about this is that this is where the unbeatable part of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. comes from. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's it. It's just Dan Dan Slott had one great idea here. <laughs> Yeah, we're really. It was the... enough to make the issue for me. Yeah, yeah. Christy honest. was like, I kind of liked this GLX one. It was kind of fun. <laughs> uh it. I. I, I was. I, I was. I was whelmed. Very whelmed. It... Well, we're dealing with a, a series of shorts here. So the first mm-hmm. one is Squirrel Girl and Tippy Toe beating up uh, Modok, and then later Thanos. Right. Um, this is then, after the unfortunate death of her original squirrel, whose name was Monkey Joe. Yes. Yes. Monkey Joe, who was killed by Leatherman. Not cool. Which, it's a weird, he's a he's an S&M themed supervillain mm-hmm. who was on the uh, Great Lakes Avengers. And then they got, when they decided to be the Great Lakes X-Men, they all got new X-Men leather costumes. And then in this issue, they tell us, by the way. We found out that those were made by Leatherman or Leatherboy, our arch nemesis. So we decided not to wear those anymore. It's <laughs> fair. But um, also, man, this is a weirdly dated comic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So we also get a story about the what's the immortal guy's name? Mr. Immortal. From, Mr. Immortal. From, from the television show The She-Hulk. And um his Which I still haven't watched. For people who are curious if I've watched <laughs> She-Hulk yet, since we've talked about it for months, still not watched it. <gasps> Should check it out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I hear uh, I hear Craig Hollis, Mr. Immortal, is in it. That, that I don't that is remember. True. Is it? Yeah, he's in like one episode. Oh, Very... oh he was. Yeah, he was I do remember that. Or, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Himself. Yeah, it's not this character. Like it's, it's no, although they're both silly, which is it's funny because DC has a character that's very similar in terms of powers. But instead, it's like a very serious character. Mm. Right. Everyone's favorite DC character. Um, the Immortal Man. Oh, uh, I was going to say something else. But oh, I this... can think of a joke fast enough. <laughs> I was going to be like, Batman. I was like, no, Batman doesn't die enough. Who's Who dies a lot in DC? Hal Jordan? Not really. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, Firestorm? Does Firestorm die a lot? Martian there's, Manhunter. There's a lot. Of, yeah, Martian Manhunter does die That's the one. Rip. I mean, He's who you kill off when you want to cross over to be big. I mean, it's DC. I mean, they kind of reset every couple of years, don't they? I, I'm, I'm always, I, I once knew it. I'm lost now. Wait, wait speaking Chris, of killing people off. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was my first experience of dinosaur, and I am so sad. I am learning about dinosaur um, <laughs> in like a mournful retrospective of her death. So, are, are you a big fan? Maybe you should go back and read uh, Great Lakes Avengers. The it wasn't ongoing. I, I it was four that... issues. Hold on, let's talk. <laughs> was, it really only four, was it really only four issues? <laughs> it was four issues, and then this special, and then a summer special. And I feel like I could get really invested in these six issues. How are there more issues of Seth Green's Freshman than there are of <laughs> uh, the GLA, which to me is a similar vibe? These are the mysteries of life that you should not question. <laughs> uh, For some reason, yeah. I thought there was like a full series of GLA. They keep coming back. There was there was a there was a there was, there was a again 2016 Marvel volume of Great Lakes Avengers. Uh, that was based on the fact that Squirrel Girl was now too popular to be on their team, uh, which is, to me, incredibly funny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't read the rest of that because it did have my least favorite artist in the standard Marvel roster on it. But it does have uh, Marvel's only canonical furry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot tell you if the, the book is good or not. But I do know that it does have Marvel's only canonical furry, who's a character named Good Boy, who is a girl with werewolf powers. Mm. So she's a gender swap when she does her fur form, and she's still unpacking some of that. I bet. Again, I cannot speak to the quality of this series. <laughs> it seems like it's jumping in some dicey territory uh, for for Marvel's jokey, jokey comedy books. Uh, I will be unpacking the flock you for quite sometime that was really <laughs> they like we led up to it too yes like previewed that this like someone that was it was really, bad really and that it would be that. here well dan that slot, someone was dan slot dan slot <laughs> you know is, who it was yeah he's telling jokes here and um he's, most he's, of them, he is doing yaks they do not land uh what would i give him a, a little bit of credit i mean some of this is slightly clever i did like the uh the doorman story the paul um, griss doorman story 
that one yes, was my favorite. Where episode. he goes back and and tries to reconnect with his dad. His dad's like, it's a sad you, dad story. Of course, you, I loved it. Why don't you get a job? And then it turns out that his dad's been dead the whole time. Um, and he's so, he is actual like death. Death there to like yeah yeah. That was, he's, that, he's, that one was kind of clever. I yeah. will, he's I will the he's the black too. racer, bud. He's, and he's he literally has skis. Yeah, he he becomes the fourth world character, the black racer. Okay, yes. and if we were gonna have any debates about whether or not this was an X Men story, like there's there's Santa Claus in it, so it Santa is Claus? an X Men story. Santa Claus is canonically a mutant. Thank you. Yeah. Strongest. That was our ever. first X Men Christmas special. I do. Well, that's one. <laughs> that one makes sense. You got to do it. It was it was the first one we thought about. Uh, it's it. I feel like all of these stories are such a time capsule of a time. And it's interesting to look back and see what is same as comics today and what has very much changed in comics today. Still in comics today is that very few people can actually write comedy. Hmm. Uh, True. I feel like we... Like, here's like... The the jokes here aren't even, like, that dated because they're mostly toothless. Yeah, like, like, like it's not even, like... Like, there's some weird, like, outdated slurs or something. It's just like, okay. <laughs> I did I did expect to come back to this and be, like, a little more offended. Yeah. Uh, like, just because it was comedy in 2005. Yeah, like, that style of humor. But no, it was just kind of, just it, it was like some light, it was like Laffy Taffy humor a little bit. I enjoyed the Tom and Jerry-esque feel that we got from Tippy Toe and I can't remember the name of the the... Oh, Death Urge. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Oh, okay. I, I enjoy childish things quite a bit. <laughs> I teach middle school. Like, that's where my humor level is at. So you guys talk about all this dated humor, and I'm like, yeah, that didn't land for me any of it. No, definitely not. There's nothing funnier to Christy than a fart joke. She <laughs> loves them so much. That's my standard of humor. Yeah, so. Well, there, there are germs of things here that could be very funny it's just they're i don't know they just fall flat in a lot of cases um so i love the idea of using sort of like a a classic tom and jerry style illustration style to tell that story but it's also just kind of boring like (laughs) you know i i don't know um it's no we three let's say that yeah i mean dan slot is you know thinks he's being funnier than i think he actually is um, but it's also like we, I, I think a lot of people take it for granted. Like it is extremely difficult, especially in comics. I mean, you know, in any form to construct comedy, but I, I feel like it's, it's pretty tricky in, in comics, um, with the timing and everything. And, you know, it's, it's not always easy to land. So, um, we should rank this. There's not a lot of X content here to really talk about. I think we, we kind of nailed it. Yeah, it doesn't put... really like break the continuity mold. There's not like a big. No. Oh, fun fact for people who are now wondering, wait, why don't the GLX still exist? It's because they went to a poker game and Rachel Gray got really upset that they were using the X-Men name. So she made them change it to the defenders. And then Dr. Strange got really upset that they were using the defender's name. So he made them change it to the champions and no one cared about the champions uh, as they are want to do. Still but, true. Still true. Hey, no, they have, they, they have the hot teens on this now. Like the hot team book is the champions. That's definitely coming out. <laughs> there's not one coming I, out right now, is there? There's not. I wish champions as a book was better. 
on the whole. <laughs> it's a great cast. Ever is. It's a great cast. It's a great concept. It just, it needs to be better. Yeah. There's like three gr- good champion stories, I think. Um, <laughs> but right, then where, they, where we they did the join. I, um, well, hold on. Let me finish the jail story. They were okay, the champions. Okay. And then, and then they joined the initiative uh, back when they were doing the 50 States initiative and they became the team for like Wisconsin or whatever and became <laughs> the Great Lakes initiative. And then after the Avengers got disassembled one of the times, uh, after Secret Wars, I think it was. I think it they, was Siege that, that ended the initiative, didn't it? It was, but they didn't officially go back to being the Great Lakes Avengers until wow. after Secret Wars when they uh, tried to take the name from copyright limbo and then lost the legal battles. Oh, man. Deadpool I've... bought the rights out from under them, apparently. I don't... I love again, this. I didn't finish that series. <laughs> Delightful. It's it's weird because these characters I haven't read their initial West Coast Adventures appearance, but it's John Byrne and one of the characters who we didn't talk about in here is just not great. So I feel like he's being a little mean spirited with them. I'm assuming because John, John Byrne. Mean-spirited? I I mean, talk about someone who can't draw babies. All right, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the the GLA are a good idea that I want someone to do something better with. Like I'd like to see someone take a spin on them and make it good. Oh yeah. There's, there's fun yeah. to be had with these characters. Um, Zach, ba- based on uh, Chris's um, criticism this evening, I really think we should reshape the list based on how artists draw children and babies. I uh, mean, <laughs> listen, those power pack stories are going to continue to be high. Um <laughs> Like June Brinkman knew how to draw babies. I don't know what to tell y'all. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is this better or worse than Amazing Spider-Man 420 Blaze It? Um, I mean, I think it's better. Yeah, yeah I think it's a little better. Yeah. A little for, better. The, for the Thanos defeat alone. Yeah, the, for the Thanos defeat alone. <laughs> the, Thanos, the Thanos thing is pretty darn good. Uh, because he made... I like that John... Or I like that Dan Slott immediately made it so in case John Byrne ever came back to Marvel, he couldn't undo it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's exactly what he's doing there. Hilarious. Because John Byrne, John Byrne famously has undone, undid plots with like Doctor Doom being defeated by someone that they shouldn't have. Right, right. Is this better or worse than Wolverine, Bad Rock, Adam? Ah, jeez. <laughs> I think we're on the same. We're like right in the same area here. I think um, um, it's. Probably just as good as X-Men colon the movie special number one presented by Wizards of the Coast, which was mm-hmm. a tie in to the completely flopped Wizards of the Coast X-Men game, which I have two booster boxes of. Nice. I do remember that. This was um, they made a card game of, of the X-Men movie. Chris, I have so much stuff to share with you. <laughs> now, the answer is yes. Uh, the art is atrocious. It's really and weird. Back Back in my Magic the Gathering days, uh, when I was doing I was doing that thing where you would cut up cards with an X-Acto knife and like make 3D dioramas of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely did that with a handful of the X-Men cards. That sounds uh, that fun. I had. They were they were neat. There was an era where Wizards of the Coast just was where they were like trying to make a bunch of card games, and then they were like, what if we just made only one? 
and then made a lot of money off of it. And that's what they did. That was yeah, a smart move. Do one thing well. I yeah. like it. <laughs> I do hear good things about the their Star Wars card game that they made, but it's also oh. like impossible to find. But the one the one from the nineties ish? Yeah, it was I think it was around like episode one. I know people played it. I didn't. No, I mean it, wa- yeah. it wasn't a Pokemon. Yeah. That was the problem. Uh hard to beat. So this is not as good as X-Men Volume 2 Half, which had Ringo art. Oh, yeah. Um, the Thrall. That, this isn't as good as that. Is it? Is it? This is better than Chuck Austin's The Trial of Juggernaut, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Let's put it between that and the movie special. All right. Perfect. So this is going to be our new 584 GLX-MAS. GLXmas. And... For listeners who um, may take issue with that, you know, I don't know. Just do your own podcast. Yeah, or, <laughs> or I don't know. I would no, say, it, Adam, <clears throat> the answer is do your own podcast. I can <laughs> tell you. I guess that's we've it. already recorded it. We're not going back. <laughs> of all the mistakes we've made on this list, well, we are going to finish with uh, an actual issue of Uncanny X Men. Here, this is three hundred and sixty-five. Um, this is Steve Siegel and Chris Bocciolo, uh, a good artist. Yes. So this is right after hunt for Xavier, but right before what, what did Magneto comes, war Magneto war comes right after this. Um, so kind of a random, like standalone issue that, yeah, uh, features Colossus. It's the ghost of Xmas past, uh, Colossus having rejoined the team recently is feeling all sad and stuff. Aww. Uh, and he keeps getting visited by a ghost. They do have to be very clear in this that this is not the same ghost that Gambit has been being visited with in this series very recently. <laughs> this is an unrelated ghost activity. Gambit's like, oh, shoot, I got my own ghost to go deal with. I got to leave this comic book right away. He literally leaves a comic to go to his own comic. It's great. <laughs> I don't know if his own comic actually follows up on the ghost storyline. It's been a bit since I've read the Steve C. Which, but it cracks X-Men. me up. He's just like, I got my own thing to do. And they're like, check out Gambit. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> he literally, literally is just leaving to go join his own comic. It's great. Colossus, Colossus's ghost activity has gotten him being a bit of an insomniac. So he walks down to Wolverine's shed where Wolverine's living in a shed, which is the right place <laughs> for Wolverine to live. <laughs> uh, and he finds Gambit and Wolverine and Nightcrawler like having beers. And they're like, oh, we we didn't invite you. Sorry. <laughs> we we should have. <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. and we're still drinking. We thought you were asleep. Sorry, man. <laughs> Gambit and Wolverine both then a beat like, and we're out. It's such a wild choice. Uh, but it turns out the ghost is. Oh, no, it's not Nightcrawler. It's Puck. It's Puck who he's hanging Right, with. right. Who uh, they? I would like to note they make a mention of the um, the mind controlled Alpha Flight fight from earlier in the Seagull Run that made no sense and was never followed up on. And I was like, "Oh, is he going to elaborate on that?" No, no. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't there when we had that fight. <laughs> uh, Puck, who folks might remember from that episode where Wolverine and Puck teamed up with Ernest Hemingway, a writer who I have finally read something about. And I'm going to say, Ernest Hemingway, pretty good. Which one did you read? <laughs> I read The Old Man of the Sea. It turns out that book's great. There's so much shark punching. Good choice. Good choice. Did, There's better. Why does it? But Okay, but that one was quick. 
Why doesn't anyone talk about how much shark punching that old man does in the sea? I think people concentrate <laughs> on the old man part too much. Maybe even the sea, but they should have named it Shark Puncher. And then <laughs> the back half of the book is a dude punching sharks repeatedly. It's like four different scenes. And he's like, there's more sharks. I got to find new ways to punch them. Ernest right. Hemingway does not appear in this comic. So <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the mystery here, right? So uh, Chris Christie, you're reading this issue, right? Yep. You, you see the Colossus being uh, haunted by a woman of some kind, right? Yep. What was a your... woman with bangs. I'm like, it's Ilyana. Yeah, I was like, that's thank a you. Right? Yeah. Is there? It a was not. It was not even like close to being a mystery, right? Are you are you buying that Piotr is confused by any of this? Well, he's I, really dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like, like I, I Colossus is a character who I do expect to be tricked by people. I expect him to be bamboozled, um, hoodwinked, all of these things. And I do heavily object to any issue of comics that aims to make me sympathize with him. <laughs> <laughs> We only play him in our snap decks, and it's because he cannot be destroyed. <laughs> he's, wow. he's an incredibly solid. Pick I love Colossus. For, Come on. He's got a lot of utility in Snap. <laughs> I like Colossus. I want him to make some better life choices and make a few amends. I did like I, that the cover on the cover of this issue, he was kind of looking behind him in a way that he was maybe like scared, but he also was doing like a flex at the same time. That was pretty <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> It's a shame the cover is not uh, Chris Bocciolo because, you know, the artwork in this is really fun. Yeah, and, uh, I actually I enjoyed the artwork. It, it definitely it had the the Chris Bocciolo, like either lots of panels or like very few panels. Adam, that is Chris Bocciolo artwork. The cover? The cover? Yeah, look. Did he well, OK, it? you can't see his signature because it's covered up with the ghost of Xmas past. But you can see Tim Townsend's signature, which that always is, follows. That is 100 percent not Chris Bocciolo. I mean, I I can only tell you exactly what it says. I can see that Tim Townsend did the the inking, but that is definitely not Chris Bachelor on the cover. Is it I will Leo figure this you? Out. It might. I be think you. it might be. It yeah. looks like you more than Bachelor. I'm just telling it you. Does what look it does look like me. Says. <laughs> How does Famous he feel artist. about the the like little prose bits in this? That I don't love. You know, no, because yeah, the story. It's re- Go ahead, like, Christy. It's not actually related to the the ghost at all. It just thought it would be neat. Well, it's. I think Ileana somehow gets a lot of these little prose bits. I feel like I've seen this happen. She a lot does. Stuff. Well, hold she, on. A sec. She got him in the hunt for mag or the quest for magic in New X Men, and she got him in the recent Vida Ala Rodriguez stuff. Mm-hmm. She gets a lot of these little prose bits. Okay, so. Am I mistaken though that that I read this wrong? That there's a combination of things happening here. That Ileana is haunting, but also Marrow has been popping in to actually write the story. Yes, that is what I got from this as well. Yeah. So overly uh, complicated mystery. That's what I'm right. Reading. I I am baffled by the decision of I snuck into your room and saw your art and I thought I should write on it. Like, <laughs> I mean that. Marrow's That's a kind of that way. Thing. Yeah, Marrow is just kind of that way. But um, it is like, as far as like serving the story, it is a little bizarre. Yeah, 
yeah, it, it makes the structure of it a, a, and the reveal really strange. What What is delightful, though, is Colossus kind of wandering around in his boxer shorts, running into Storm, who thinks he's had too much caffeine, Wolverine, who thinks he's had too much caffeine, Kitty yeah. and Nightcrawler, who are like, dude, seriously, stop drinking so much coffee. This, this issue is just Colossus gets gaslit. <laughs> <laughs> ghost is the thing right. <laughs> i feel like i feel like the x-men should take ghosts more seriously they have a demon carrion on their on their grounds yeah i do think this may this like for this being a christmas issue it was kind of cleverly written in a way that if someone was just like oh let me pick up a christmas ex- issue of x-men a thing that i only watched the cartoon of or etc etc um that this this was kind of like oh look it's all your it's all your faves yeah, if you wanted and an I, introduction I, to the lineup, you know, because uh, this is really when that that lineup kind of comes back, and then mm. it wasn't really what the intention of that of the book was going into this next phase. But I guess Marvel kind of wanted the the OGs back, so yeah, they got seven issues into it and realized that Maggot wasn't uh, selling. You know. <laughs> no Maggot, <laughs> unfortunate. I'm upset that Maggot wasn't selling, but I understand. Yeah. Um, this uh, is also the end of Siegel's run, correct? Yep. He yeah. never writes anything about X-Men ever again. He has that Ben 10 money now. He does not care. Yeah. But it's a shame. I, I We revisited other issues from this recently, and I I, I like it. I think it's a fun, fun run. Um, so I, I think, like Steve Siegel. Again. Yeah. He's got better things to do. No, he's, he's probably making way more money. Um he, so he got to do his own thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is better than the other two stories we've talked about today, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much better it is. <laughs> I mean, Ilyana did get to make fun of the way Colossus says her name. Well, you mean like how he says in the cartoon, which is like, Ilyana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like. He sounds like Dracula. I could somehow. never tell if you were being melodramatic or if it was just your accent. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Colossus is always being a little melodramatic. He's, he's a little uh, extra. This is a lot melodramatic a whole, and gaslit. This is <laughs> better delightful. than 492 Colossus Bloodline. The one where Colossus yeah. finds out that he is actually related to Rasputin. Like Gregory Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah the... Hellboy Rasputin. That is that is the most like, you, Marvel comics thing though. Right? Do you th- like, wait, Adam? Do you think short. people know Grigory Rasputin best from being a supporting character in Hellboy? One hundred percent, or the Anastasia okay. animated movie. Yeah, the, honestly, I think things. closer to that one. Yeah, that, that one does. I I do think that if you were talking about um, an American audience, they do probably most know him from the Anastasia movie. Yeah, it's, I'm still waiting for him to show up in War and Peace. I feel like Anastasia. That is, it is like a hundred years before he's he's alive. I listen. It's all pre cars. Zach's That's looking all for I, those. Uh, it's those, all pre cars. <laughs> Zach's looking for those bonus chapters in War and Peace. You know the the extra features. Hold on, enough. Napoleon Bonaparte is a like large part of this book, as is yeah. Tsar Peter of Russia. Yeah, it's yeah, but the, about the Napoleonic Wars. I mean, you know that right? Rasputin was a com- was was a companion of the very last Tsarina of Russia, which was in the, like the twentieth century. Again, I did also. What was it really in the twentieth century? Yeah, I guess that's when the communists would have taken over. Yeah, it was. It was in the middle of World War One. Was it in the? It, 
Okay. And there well, were cars. I should and really there were learn cars. European history. <laughs> I read I read a whole book on Lenin last year, so that was uh, it. It 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 kind of kind of put it in a in an interesting. No no thing. no, Chris. Lenin died in like the mid seventies, uh, <laughs> and his he was born I think in the forty uh, post World War Two. So you've got your time. Yeah, it would be really hard for you to sit on him and read a book. What? You said you read a book on Lenin. <laughs> Jesus. Me and Christy went on two very different directions. Very different directions for jokes. And I think that says a lot about us. So how high are we going here, folks? Uh, I mean, it's not as good as X-Men Regenesis at 482. Yeah, it's not. Um... Let's see what else is in here. I... Um... It's not as good as X-Men The Burning World, uh, the G. Willow Wilson X-Men arc, but probably better than what if Legion killed X or killed Magneto. Is this better than the rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire, though, Zach? I, it's, I don't think it is. I do okay. think it's better than Dino Rachel at 490. Fine. We can... I say fine like I am <laughs> holding like a big grudge on this. This can be... <laughs> Zach's so <Okay>. angry. <laughs> On this uh, random issue that I did forget existed. This is great. Well, this is great, folks. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Sometimes the podcast episodes can be for us to hang out with our friends who we haven't gotten <laughs> to chat with in like... <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to chat with in a bit. Adam, you got to... Yeah, Adam had Thanksgiving with us. Yay. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you again. And I just got your yeah. Christmas card in the mail today. Uh, you guys look really cute. The whole family. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we got yours and you guys are also adorable. Zach, so. Zach, the one to your family should be in the mail. It just probably hasn't gotten there yet. We it's did okay. get yours. I, Zach, did win, get Zach definitely wins Christmas card wars with the gatefold uh, Christmas card. I've never seen anything like that before. I need oh, man, the return listening. address stamp. <laughs> I need everyone listening to know that was 100% my wife. And she said, here are my leftover Christmas cards. You can send them to your friends. Because you didn't think about this ahead of time, Zach. And I was like, yeah, I really didn't. I never think about Christmas cards, do I? I love it. Uh, no, so then she uh, was we like, definitely and- got one from you one year with you in a Christmas sweater. Am I making that up? No, that's yeah, just the picture that's been my author profile for several years on the website we all wrote for at one point. Zach, Zach was just sending out headshots that year for presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh but no we, we've got we've gotten a lot of comics people christmas christmas cards this year i i forgot we we forgot to mention the mystery inside that uncanny x-men issue uh where professor x is mourning his dead students and um we we identified that it was not doug it was rusty in one of those it did look like rusty pictures. Uh, yeah and you know friend of the show nola fowl uh did ask a question to all of us like who in the world is this and we we're like i can't is it rusty? And the problem with it being rusty is no one cares about rusty. So we're like, <laughs> they wouldn't have thought about putting his. <laughs> I'm very I'm sorry, proud are we talking of about that out. Fire fist. Yes. We're talking about fire fist, buddy. Yeah. Fire fist from the movie. Deadpool Two. fire fist from the movie. Deadpool, <laughs> from the movie Deadpool two. Amazing. Featuring cable. I'm sorry. I, I hate to, to rewind there. I just wanted to make sure we, we snuck that in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just because I I'm so proud cool. of identifying that Walt Simonson's art was in a, random copy and paste in this issue for no reason i love when they do that in comics when they literally like paste someone's like portrait and it's from like a completely different artist from a completely different issue from a completely different decade oh incredible 
It's like, why it's do the X-Men like have a, a large gun. frame picture of classic X-Men number one on their wall? Because like, it's fun. Because yeah. we all enjoy it. Have some have some joy and cheer in your life. And really, <laughs> folks, isn't that what this season's all about? It really is. And uh, Chris, is, even though you're not podcasting, uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug? I'm literally not working on anything right yeah, now. I'm plugging comfort and joy. Yes. <laughs> all right. Folks, I love how we are all in our hermit eras. Uh <laughs> We we have we have just like taken a slanket and put it around us and said this is what we're gonna be now. <laughs> I, I mean, I still edit things, so <laughs> I haven't written anything in a while. <laughs> it's all cozy. We're all having fun, and that's mm-hmm. what's important. Adam, as as our soul beacon to the outside world, anything? <laughs> well, you say that, but I'm not really on Twitter anymore. So, uh, folks, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Adam rec that's where i'm doing most of my social media posting these days not really on twitter anymore due to the whole musk of it um i by the time this episode comes out or at least the week this episode comes out i think i do have a piece coming out on gate crashers about the movie duel um so i hope you check that out and i'll share links of that online and zach anything you want to pitch before we wish everybody a happy holidays Check out our 2002 best of list that yes. should be out maybe or not, or it's coming soon. Who knows? Go check it out anyway. <laughs> I talk about what I thought was my favorite comic of the year. Me? And by that, I mean the one I felt like writing 250 words about at the time I had to make a selection, <laughs> which is the best way to do this. Yes. List making at its uh, best. Truly. Well, so folks, it, it's the right move. <laughs> this has been great chris christy thank you again so much for spending the holidays with us yeah thanks for having us on it was fun an absolute joy absolute joy next week folks we're talking about and i quote hi i only like x-men comics based on major motion pictures i would like to request battle of the atom cover this comic it's just the movie face off with wolverine and Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to do that. Uh, until then, folks, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survive the experience. Get it!